Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. I speak with Dasha Maximoff in this episode talking about women's health. She has created a community called Wealth, W-H-E-A-L-T-H dot community, in which she is creating a platform to help women understand themselves better to live this one life well. So what is uncovered in this conversation was surprising to me, uh, probably because I'm a man, but uh, unaware of some of the deficiencies or lacks in studies that can support women's health effectively, even on things that are directly targeted for women, such as birth control. Uh, so we dig into that, her past experience and how she went from doing MA to becoming, uh, as she calls it, the chief explorer uh, in health and biohacking and specifically targeting biohacking for women. So uh, great conversation. I would encourage you to check out her community group, but uh, listen in. You'll get a chance to learn a lot about uh, women's health and how to contribute to being uh, citizen science. Thanks. Remember, be rested, be well. All right. Well, with me today is Dasha Maximov, founder of WealthCo, uh, communicated community dedicated to enhancing and optimizing women's health. Uh, and I like the term you have on there, chief explorer. I love that piece. Um, so Dasha, wealth, welcome to the rest and recovery podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, um, you know, we're talking offline, but you know, we're touching on the key points of, you know, hoping to have a conversation with you is, you know, what is your backstory that brought you to the point to create wealth, which, uh, I like the little acronym or word you created with that is is for women's health. And so, um, yeah, looking to to kind of get your understanding of how you got started down that path. Yeah. So, you know, I'll try and make it short because uh, I've done other podcasts where I explain a little bit more in detail. But basically went from M&A um, to deciding that I wanted to be interested in – or doing a master's in neuroscience. I was really interested in the brain because I had had concussions in my childhood and was always interested in memory, um, specifically long-term memory because I don't really remember anything from from a kid. Uh, And then while I was doing my master's in neuroscience, I fell again. I slapped my head. And this time it was really, it took me out out completely for 14 months. Um, Amnesia, depression, fatigue, just not, not being the person that I was. Uh, And, and I think that I had always identified, especially given that I had been in consulting, been in a world of go, go, go. And, and I had identified with my mind. I had always identified with, I can do everything that I set my mind to. And then here, all of a sudden, I don't know who I am. And I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know when it's going to be over. I don't know if these headaches are going to have are going to continue for the rest of my life. I mean, just had the kind of my feet pulled out from underneath me. And so from there, that's how I got into biohacking because when I went to all the different doctors, they would do the tests and the tests would show nothing really. And right. you know, everything was fine and and yeah. and when you wake up in the morning and you still don't remember what you read the next the day before, I would say everything's not fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was like serious amnesia or like 
uh, not remembering conversations and yep. portions of your life? Yep. Yep. So it was, um, cause I, I still tried to do the program, um, because okay. I was really interested in it. And so I would read the journals, right. They would give us scientific journals to beat up and understand and, and discuss the next day. And so I would spend three, four hours reading these journals. And then the next day I would look at my notes and I would barely remember what I read for three to four hours, literally the day before. Wow. You know, and, and again, if you're somebody who is, I mean, I was a nerd when I was a kid, you know, so, <laughs> so the idea that, that I've studied for three to four hours and I have no idea what it, what, what I learned the day before, that's just, that's bonkers to me. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you make a great point around your identity, your one's identity associated with your understanding of things around you. And, and, you know, if, especially if your term nerd, uh, you know, your, your superpower is your brain, then, you know, like you said, who are you at that point? And how do you yeah. kind of reclaim that? So what was that? And I think that life? that, I was going to say that to me was, you know, I mean, right now I think everybody's into kind of really understanding themselves, really understanding. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of people are doing psychedelics to have an ego death. A lot of people are, you know, going down that path, which is an incredible path. And we can go, we can talk about that. I don't um, even know what you just said. Uh, so maybe, <laughs> maybe another time, but, uh, but I, I think the question of, of when, and I feel like a lot of people within this health space, it's, you've had some sort of a, a shift, a massive shift, sure. some sort of a pain story, be it, um, that wakes you up. That's kind of says, wait, hold up. If, if God forbid something were to happen, you know, in my case, right all of a sudden I didn't know who I was or where, you know, potentially my future had been stolen away from me because anything that my, my anticipation was that my future was going to be with using my brain. Now, if I can't use my brain, what does my future look like? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so biohacking was, was an absolute savior to some extent because, when I was going to all these different doctors, they would shrug their shoulders and say, okay, well, it's not this. And so I, I went to a whole host of different specialists uh, from looking at my, my eyes to looking at my balance to looking at my jaw at some point, um, saying that, the, you know, that I had TMJ and TMJ was the reason for my chronic headaches. Um, you know, I mean, we, you talk about checking all the boxes. I absolutely did. Yeah. Um, which is great because there's incredible specialists out there. But again, it's a lot of times, I think, especially within brain injuries, we're still figuring out the brain. We're right. still figuring. I mean, we only now know about neuroplasticity and we're only now starting to say that you can continue learning throughout your life, which is a beautiful advancement. I mean, that's, that's tremendous. But yeah. we didn't know that 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Cause I, I remember always hearing like, you know, you, at a certain age, you no longer create brain cells. And so you're locked in and that's, you know, the, the best you're going to have. And that's your bucket of, uh, brain cells. Um, and it just, nonsense. absolute nonsense. Right. And, yeah. and it's, and it's amazing because that does give us, at least for somebody who's had an injury like mine, it gives you hope. It yeah. gives you hope to say, Oh, wait, there are a whole bunch of different biohacks, a whole bunch of different things that I can do that to get myself back. Maybe I'll never be at a hundred percent, maybe, but 
I'm not going to stop myself and be at 40% for the rest of my life. Right. You know? Right. And I think that's kind of where, where I've come to where it's, and people ask me, they're like, all right, well, where are you now? Am I at a hundred percent? No. You know, I still have days that I'm just flat out exhausted. I am still electro hypersensitive. I, so I, if I'm around devices a lo- for a long period of time, I feel white. Um, I still have a lot of, you know, a number of these post-concussive symptoms, but I've A, learned to manage them and B, I've gotten to the point where I can be functioning again. Right. Um, so, so yeah, biohacking has been tremendous in, in getting me back when kind of conventional medicine was just saying, you know, it's not this and it's not this and we don't know. Right. Um, so yeah. Kind of a dead end. Uh, well, I mean, you kind of touch on two things. One, hope. Um, it sounds like biohacking kind of gave you that window of hope, uh, although not a strategy. I think my opinion is hope is a critical ingredient to success. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the pros and cons on quote unquote tra- traditional medicine, or not traditional, but modern medicines, the, um, the limitations that can occur based on the siloing. Oh, big time. I, um, so prior, so prior to leaving consulting, I took a sabbatical and went to India for six months and, um, apprenticed at an Ayurvedic hospital. Because really, at one point, I wanted to become an, an Ayurvedic doctor. And one of the things that we said when we were taking patients in was, where are you? How much do you believe in this? Right. And where is that level of hope? And I remember we had two patients, one of whom we decided not to take on and not, not to bring to the hospital because, frankly, she didn't have any hope. Hmm. And we realized so, and, and she ended up coming actually to the center kind of six, eight months later when she had already exhausted all of the other options within Western medicine. Okay. So it was almost to the point where she needed to get to, to believe that Ayurveda could help her in order for it to actually work. And, yeah. and I know that you've talked before on your, on your podcast about kind of a placebo, nocebo effect and, and how strong a placebo effect really is, but it is, it's, if we believe that something is going, that we can change, if we believe that something will work, that in and of itself is such a superpower. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's encouraging to hear. Um, and it, you mentioned sabbatical. So I, I keep hearing that more and more. And I think that's kind of where we are with biohacking or health optimization. It sounds like we're kind of coming out of that dot-com era mindset that, you know, Mountain Dew and potato chips till 2 a.m., and, you know, the badge of honor of who worked and the latest. Um, and you could point that to many, you know, M&A, your previous environment, you know, within the banking industry, uh, you know, our, our common friend of Boomer Anderson who came from that area, you know, to, to, to lawyers who I remember a good friend, like that was expected. You come out of law school and you're 2 to 3 a.m. easy back to the office at 6 um, so anyway, it's, it's a fantastic lifestyle and don't get me wrong. I mean, sure. it has pros and cons was, to everything, right? Exactly. And I think that's, that, that's the thing with health. It's the trade-offs. What are you willing to trade off? And I think that that, so it's okay. Are you going to have a lot of money and no sleep? Let's say, because banking and consulting is fantastic for a lot of money and no sleep, <laughs> or <laughs> are you going to trade it off and say, no, I, I, I prioritize something else, whatever that something else may be. And so right. it's, 
I think to me that when, whenever I think about health it, and, and I mean, life in general, it's, it's, what are you willing to trade off? Kind of there's, um, there's, I can't remember the, the book, but basically it's, you're going to have to eat a bad sandwich, <laughs> a shit sandwich, <laughs> um, kind of every, in anything that you do. The question yep. is, what are you going to choose, choose as that badness, right? So in certain, for certain people, sleeping only five hours is really not that big of a deal to get to their end goal for other people. That's, that's horrendous. So it's just, I think it's also, and I wish that more people did this earlier in their, in their careers or earlier in their life of evaluating what is it that they're willing to put up with um, in order to get to that next end goal. And, and I think one of the things, because during my sabbatical, it was, I mean, it was insane. People, people, I had so many partners coming to me saying, what are you doing? You're throwing your career away. You're, this is, this is suicide, career suicide. Um, what ended up happening was I took the sabbatical, came back and got promoted that year (laughs) because I could just, I, I could separate the nonsense from the true thing that we needed to do. Right. Because I, I could, I mean, after seeing, you know, people, with serious health issues, I could triage what actually mattered versus not at all. And right. what, what did we actually need to stress about with the team and what, you know, and what, what was the deadline that actually needed to happen versus just something that we were just placating to the customer, to, to the client. Right. 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 So it's, so the sabbatical and the idea of taking time away and really switching off completely and recharging and then coming back and being at, you know, being full force and being able to really kill it. I mean, I was a case in point. Yeah. I mean, you need that both. I mean, it's kind of the premise of the the podcast itself is that, you know, whether it's fitness or, or work, your job, you know, take it from a fitness perspective, the rest and recovery piece is equal measure as the hit workout or the yoga session. You know, you give that correlation that it all has to be ingrained in there somewhere. You just have to know when and how much is needed. And then that personalization, you know, what can your body take? What, what you could physically do, like you said, the five hour sleeping, maybe you operate great at five hours. I'm probably going to look like a vegetable, you know, after a week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, you know, with that um, evolution and personal discovery, you know, where did, how did that get you to the point of, realizing you needed to create wealth.co. Mm. Yeah. So, so la- so basically biohacking, um, the evolution was got into biohacking, found that there were other things that I could be doing outside the mainstream, started following a number of different folks, um, doctors, influencers, et cetera, and trying things out and then started seeing improvements. Um, and then, we ended up creating health optimization, um, which is a, a conference that was one of the largest conferences in London, um, sorry, in Europe specifically for understanding personalized healthcare, if you will, okay. um, or this, this idea of biohacking, this N of one, uh, and testing things out on yourself. And when we had the conference, it was absolutely incredible. Um, we had, a whole, I mean, two days, 1200 people, 40 speakers. It was, it was two of the best days ever. Right. Um, because you're also seeing how many people are just like us really wanting to start to take control of their health. 
the challenge was that we didn't really have a voice for women's health. And what I find is that within a lot of these health fields, specifically biohacking, but uh, we're talking on the generality. We're talking, oh, fasting is good for everybody, or oh, this right. diet is amazing for everybody, or this is how you need to do HIIT training. And the, the truth of the matter is that we're very, very different between men and women. And there's, there's a doctor, Dr. Stacy Sims, who often says, women are not small men, which I think is a really, a really, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a short phrase, but it really is true. Right. And we've, we've historically, if you, has not done well for women uh, for a whole host of different reasons. One being that up until the 1970s, women of childbearing age were not allowed to be included in research because they thought that that would actually harm the child. So it was done for good measure, but that means that basically any research prior to 1970s was done on all men. So if we're thinking about things like even the pill uh, or, or things that are impacting breast cancer, wow. that wasn't always done on women. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> which is bizarre. I mean, we're talking Weird. breast cancer, which, you know, impacts women a lot more than men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we're not testing things on, on women. Wow. So research has been, has been uh, stifled, I guess, uh, for, for, for decades. We're coming back or we're coming around to it, but it's also that women are difficult to research because of menstrual cycles, because of life cycles. It makes yeah. it, it's and, There's and more so, variables, I guess, to kind of determine. Yeah. And it, ma- it makes sense. So it's not a matter of bashing and saying, Oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not on that. It, it does make sense, but that still doesn't, stop us from saying that there is a problem and we could do something about it. And so wealth co uh, wealth is, um, is, a, is to, to combat that. And basically what we wanted to do was create a, a platform for women to connect and really be able to discuss these things and say, Hey, this is working for me. This is not working for me. Right. Um, so opening up the dialogue where a lot of the things that are within women's health right now, there really isn't a dialogue. Women, I mean, simple thing, menstrual cycle. It's still considered icky and weird and awkward. And I don't want to talk about it. And do you have one? Do you not have one? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's so many things. If women are uncomfortable talking about it, imagine how much we feel, men feel bad. Oh, I feel bad for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, growing up, I never, oh gosh, even to mention the fact that I, you know, I mean, you would hide it. You would hide the fact that this one week out of the month, you're, you're not feeling well. I mean, I remember I have a brother and a father, right? And it was, oh yeah, I'm just going to go lie down. What? So think, I mean, think about that in and of itself, the fact that we're hiding this or that we are so uncomfortable even to speak about it and to say, listen, my hormones are completely out of whack. Leave me alone, <laughs> you know. Like that. So, so I think part of it. Sorry for the noise. Um, I think part of it is women are not small men. We are different for, between men and women. We know that there are differences, and just now are we getting to the point that one, we're getting comfortable to even explain those differences, and then start to do experiments to test test out these things. Right. Because I think going full circle back to what I started saying about the research, research 
Unfortunately, it still takes a lot of time. And because of the way research is, it still behooves researchers to want to do and to be incentivized to do studies that involve both sexes. And so, right. you know, it's difficult for, for, for to come to a researcher and say, hey, listen, yeah, we should do research on women. We should, 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 right? And they have, they have limited funding. They're not really sure whether the XYZ is going to work on men and women, let alone just women, right. let alone women of what? childbearing age or perimenopause or menopause. I mean, that, you know, it's, so I think from a research standpoint, my, my view on this is that the only way that we're really going to change anything is to truly start doing N of one experiments and then extrapolating that larger to the community and saying, okay, this was your N of one. This was your N of one. This was your N of one. All right, let's aggregate that together as women kind of in citizen science form. Yeah, I was going to say a kind of uh, uh, crowdsourcing mm-hmm. approach. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's WealthCo. It's uh, it is a forum. It's an it's a community. It's a it's not on Facebook because no thanks. And um, <laughs> and and it's a it's an area where we can start these N of one experiments and and testing to say this is you know and and, and normalizing even conversations about things that historically have been difficult to even say because there's a lot of stigma even associated with i mean menstrual cycle is one thing but fertility or infertility um sexual yeah. health um even things like uh postpartum depression or just questions or or concerns or insecurities i mean all of those things happen and yet it's all done behind a you feel like you're doing it on your own when it's really not on yeah you. i mean everybody else is, has similar feelings. Well, and I think, you know, kind of all related to your point of the privacy piece or, or keeping things shunned. I think that's kind of a key element at a macro scale of just the conversation piece of just getting it out there and not being able to have that dialogue to, you know, really uncover and see, Oh, you're going through the same thing. Oh, really? And drawing that connection. That's awesome that you're providing that platform to enable that. Yeah. That's huge. And, and, and to, to double down on that, I mean, think about, I think previously, historically, it's been, I am my symptoms, right? Right. So, oh, I'm, I'm really irritated. I'm really agitated. or I, I, I have a short fuse or whatever that is Dasha. And that's completely erroneous. (laughs) You know, that is my hormones which I can yeah. do things to change or control or, or even sit with and just say, yeah, today's going to be a tough day. But I think changing that dialogue, even with our, with our male counterparts as well, right? Being able to say, hey, listen, I'm feeling this way. Oh, this correlates to this part of the month. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that probably means that I have too much estrogen or too little progesterone or too much mm-hmm. testosterone. And I think um, separating out the symptoms from going back to, to kind of who you are, right? And by right. separating those two out, I think it's it could make the conversation a little easier to have, even with our male counterparts um, who don't want to talk about, you know, the, the <laughs> ickiness, if you will. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think you know, that that's a key nuance or tactic is the language we use. Um, and I wrote down conditions that, mm-hmm. as you were talking, that it's the conditions you're working within. It's not who you are. It's it's the what that's happening. Yep. I don't yeah. know if that makes if that's kind of in line with what you're saying. That makes perfect. That's exactly it. That's that's exactly it because it's think. I mean the more that I get into this and more that I read up on all the different cascade of things that go on in our bodies that we don't even think about. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm, I'm tracking my glucose levels uh, and have been playing around with it and loving it. Yeah. How's that going? Oh my gosh. You've got to do it. Everybody. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that every single person needs to do this for at least two weeks. Yeah. Just to be shocked. (laughs) Well, I, I literally started this morning, so I just I saw that, yeah. leveled up and, and literally levels and, yeah. uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. So I, I want to hear, hear more about your results. Oh yeah. I, um, so white rice, whew, no, insanity, no, no it just spikes me up completely. Yeah. Um, I've noticed cold showers do something similar, uh, as do tough conversations. So it's interesting because it's, you think about your glucose levels as just related to food, right? but, but in truth, it's food, it's exercise, it's, um, emotions again, like, yeah, cold. I mean, actually, interestingly enough that jumping into the cold gold ocean this morning didn't do anything, but having a cold shower did. Huh? So who knows why it is? Uh, Yeah. I don't know if it's the fact that when you're, I mean, I'm completely in, in the water at one point in time, like just jump right in or you dive in versus with the cold shower, it's, it hits you different. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, you know, beautiful sunrise versus, you know, tiled room. That's you know. it. Yeah. There's also the light component to it, which, which that's another element that I think is now coming up. And I'm, um, I mean, I, I follow Jack Cruz, uh, Dr. Jack Cruz. He's fantastic. And he talks a lot about light, um, Al, as does, uh, Alexander Wunsch, um, and how light really dictates a lot of these different cascades. Um, one, your sleep cycle, obviously to your, uh, your hormones. I mean, talk about if we're thinking about the hormones, right. And if we're thinking mm-hmm. about the hierarchy of it and you've got oxytocin followed by cortisol, followed by insulin, followed by all the sex hormones. Well, if that's the case, then morning sunrise, what is that doing for your cortisol levels, right? It's, right. it's helping, helping raise that. So then the cascade down of insulin and sex hormones are also impacted. Wow. So we're thinking about women's health, or men's, men's health as well, but women's health in this case, um, of many, many, many women have a hormonal imbalance, well, okay, we can go one chain up and we can talk about insulin and therefore glucose, but then we can go a chain up to that and talk about cortisol and talk about oxytocin. Right. Right. And yeah. so it's interesting to me that we, when we talk about women's health and hormonal imbalance, oftentimes one, it's what are the supplements we can take and all that, Yeah. which I mean, great, but they can be helpful. Quite, sure. Yeah, but my question is, if if we didn't have to supplement, what are the natural things we can do to naturally boost and rebalance ourselves to the extent possible? Right. Yeah, I, it's funny you say, Jack, Dr. Jack, uh, Cruss, 
Cruz, yeah, K R U S E. I just saw a video of him the other day, and it was a um, young woman in his like cohort or group or what have you yeah. talking about exactly that. And he was basically saying, uh, you know, yes, the sun, the the Top Gun sunglasses may be cool, but they're not, actually not helpful at all. And yeah. it's almost like well, wait a minute. They've been saying UV light is not good for your eyes. So that's why you have to have these sunglasses. And he's saying that's a 180. That's like actually completely and utterly wrong. Yep. Yep. And maybe so the, one of my harm first, because of it. Yep. So one of my first, first, first hacks was removing sunglasses because so the first hour of the sun doesn't have any UVB in it. So you can't actually burn your retina. You can't do any, like you can't harm your retina because there's nothing in the sun to harm it, right? So the first hour of sunrise and the last hour of sunrise, sunset. Um, now, outside of that, obviously, don't be an idiot, um, <laughs> you know, and stare at the sun. But yeah. there is, I mean, if you go back in, in, to India, but kind of over, over time, there, there is a huge component of even yoga where it was sun staring. And you start yourself every single morning, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then you grow. So for me, when I first did it, my eyes were watering like crazy because you're not used to it. Sure. And so it's like, all right, five minutes, the next day, six, the next day, seven, you know, and you slowly build up and you build that kind of solar callus is what he talks about. Yeah. Um, but it does, it, it sets off. So for me, if I'm, you know, when, if I, when I watch that sunrise in the morning, one, that means that I have to be awake. That's good. <laughs> um, but then, you know, it's, it's that it kicks off the cascade of hormones, which is absolutely natural and where we should be living. You know, we, we talk about a paleolithic lifestyle in terms of diet, but then what about a paleolithic lifestyle in terms of everything else? Right? That's a fair point. Waking up with the sun, going to bed with the sun, not staying up until two in the morning, with blue light flashing at you and messing up your cortisol, messing up your hormones. I mean, it's, it, 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 once you get into this, it sounds, I know that I'm kind of thrown a lot, but there is, it's, it's quite simple actually when you start really understanding how your body works with the natural rhythms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Dr. Jack also mentioned too, with the blue light, it's designed to replicate or the the sunlight and so that's why it jacks up your circadian rhythm and why you can't sleep because it's telling your body awake 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 and so it's doing your body's doing what it's supposed to do but yeah. it's a false alarm or false positive yeah. with the blue light kind of shocking your system yeah. and you wonder why you're exhausted or circadian rhythms all jacked that's it so you're you're think about it you're you know, you're, you had dinner, you had dinner probably, I don't know, seven, seven thirty, which is already after the sun has set. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, okay, you're winding, winding down, you're watching Netflix, chilling out, whatever, fine. Well, you're getting a, from that screen, the blue light coming from it has the same, same frequency as the sun at solar noon. So what that means is your body, your eyes are sending your body a signal of, wait, wake up, wake up, wake up. You shouldn't be going to bed. Why? Because it's solar noon, right? So it's now nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. You're watching Netflix thinking that you're calming down. And in truth, boom, 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 boom. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's midday. So it's midday. And what's crazy is that people talk a lot about sleep right now and they're talking about melatonin, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you need melatonin to sleep. Yeah, 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 we all know that. Now what ruins melatonin? Light. 
So it, so your body is getting this signal of wake up, wake up, and don't produce melatonin. Why? Why would I produce melatonin at, you know, at midday? It doesn't make any sense, right? You should right. be sleeping at midday. So what ends up happening is you've been awake all day long, right? And you've, you've had your coffee. I mean, like you're, you, we're just not living in sync at all, at all with what we should be doing. And, and we're surprised what we, why we're sick, right? And then you go at the very end of the day, you're unwinding, but in reality, you're jacking yourself up to, to wake up. And then you're so exhausted because your body has been awake for 16, 18 hours or whatever it is, right? Um, that you hit the pillow and you pass out like that. You know, if you look at your aura ring, your latency is a minute, two minutes, three minutes, because you're so exhausted. But the problem is, is that melatonin, again, because it, it doesn't release if there's light. So you hit the pillow, but your melatonin product kind of melatonin release is pushed out for another hour, two hours. So in truth, melatonin, which is an incredible, and it's also an antioxidant that's going through your body. It's kind of like a janitor and it sweeps everything. Right. And it cleans everything up. It doesn't have enough time to clean everything up. Right. Yeah, so now all the corners of the room have dirt. Yep. Still. And then you compound that day in, day out, a lifetime yep. later. And then. Yep. And then think about then the other hormone that, uh, that people don't talk about is prolactin, which prolactin is the hormone that basically tells you you're not hungry. Don't worry about it. Don't eat. Prolactin. Uh, in addition to it's, it's also the the hormone that comes out when women are lactating. Um, but it's, it is the hormone that comes out at night because you don't want to be eating at night, right? It, it suppresses your appetite. So you don't wake up in the middle of the night. What happens is if you don't have melatonin kind of released as you go to sleep, prolactin also gets pushed out. And so you're actually, instead of having that kind of during the nighttime, it's pushed to almost the rest of the day. And it impacts then leptin and ghrelin, which are the hormones that talk about satiety or, or, you know, whether you're hungry or not hungry. Okay. And so you haven't slept, your melatonin's messed, your prolactin's messed, you're not getting the right signals for your leptin and ghrelin hormones in the next day, which is why you want to be eating more the next day when you haven't slept. Wow. Like the, the body is this incredible, incredible cascade of, of it's so cool. of interdependency yeah. like it's just oh that it, yeah it's just fascinating because it just shows you know the term uh integrative medicine is getting you know talked about a lot more rather than the silos and it's it's kind of like you need both right you need that silo down so you can better understand but you need to have that ability to zoom the lens back out Mm-hmm. And get that aerial view to see the interdependencies or interconnectedness, and it just mm-hmm. seems like that's a big gap that we're just getting into. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think um, what's crazy is that we've known a lot about this stuff, but we haven't necessarily had all of the metrics to measure it really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that because we haven't known exactly how important light is, we've we've forgot we've we've confused ourselves because if you think about all of the different research, all the different tests that have been done, where has most of research been done in a lab? What's in a lab? A whole bunch of blue light. Yeah. So if you're thinking oh, about that, even I didn't think about that at all, because yeah, you're doing testing in a non real environment. It's completely manufactured static environment. That's not real. Yep. I never thought about the blue light. And how that 
affects the things that are being created. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so then, I mean, to circle back to women's health, think about, so this, I haven't, it's anecdotal. So caveat it with that, but women nowadays are sitting in, in front of a computer all the time because they're at work, which is fantastic. I, I couldn't imagine a life where I was just a stay at home mom. I love, love, love learning. I love producing. I love creating. I love working. So caveat with that as well, (laughs) but we're sitting in front of a computer all the time. Now, men historically have had their necks covered with a colored shirt and a tie. Women haven't. What isn't typically, what is, what is an issue for women? A large issue for women thyroid. Where is your thyroid? In your neck. In your neck. So all that blue light, where is it coming? Besides it coming to your eyes, which is signaling a whole bunch of things within your entire body, it's also coming right at your neck, right? You're also getting it shining and impacting your hormones, impacting the thyroid, which is impacting your metabolism, impacting your hormones. So my question, and again, anecdotal, but a lot of these things that are happening with women nowadays with hormonal imbalance, with infertility, with exhaustion, with autoimmunity. I mean, autoimmune diseases, we have, we as women are, have about 80% of the autoimmune diseases, the cases for autoimmunity. Really? In, in America compared, like in total, 80%. So, and when I say autoimmunity, I mean MS, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, all of that. It's predominantly women. Wow. Because again, Women are not small men because our hormones dictate so many things. And so if, if cortisol is impacting, again, it's that cascade, oxytocin, right. cortisol, insulin, sex hormones, right? So cortisol, which is impacted by blue light, if cortisol is messed up and on top of that, besides the blue light side of things, we're all stressed out of our minds, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what is that doing to our sex hormones? What is that doing to, to overall health, right? And what is that? And then when we start talking about our hormonal imbalance, then the the full circle comes through when we start saying, oh, you have your, your hormones are not balanced. Okay. What, what's the next level? Well, we've got PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. We've got endometriosis. We've got infertility, right? All of those hormones are obviously imbalanced. And then we have these diseases. So it's, it, it's, it's a crazy cascade and it's, and it is the modern life that we live. So it's the question of, okay, how do we still Coexist. live the modern life and, yeah. and, you know, and not be in a cave somewhere. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, and I think, yeah, that was my question is like, how do you, how do you coexist with that? Because like you said, we're able to do this podcast um you know there's pros and cons to everything i guess like anything else it's in moderation mm-hmm. but what's that proper moderation which turns into personalization um to understand I'm, how you are affected by the environment yeah i mean my my view is how do i infuse natural things into every element of my life right and almost re like reimagining and looking at this lifestyle that we live right now, mm-hmm. as if I was an alien coming into space and seeing like, wait, what are they doing? They're sitting inside, covered 
all the time. They barely get outside. I mean, like the, the normal, per- normal <laughs> uh, person is outside. I don't know what, maybe on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. Maybe during their morning walk with their dog when they're completely covered up as well. Like no skin is, is, is seeing the light of day. Um, so I think the question is, okay, reviewing, reviewing almost my, my entire day and saying, okay, where can I infuse it? So for example, um, in the morning, if, if I can get out and see the sunrise, I'm doing it right. Um, I'm now in, on the West coast. So it's a little bit more difficult on the East coast is always easier. Um, but, um, but yeah, see the sunrise every single morning. Okay. If I do that, I'm obviously not going to be going to bed at 12 or at one, right. right. It's go- it's going to naturally shift my day. Yeah. Um, then, okay, how do I get grounding involved as much as possible? So, all right, I'm going right now, we're on this podcast. Absolutely, I'm surrounded by EMFs. How do I combat that? All right, right after this, you better believe that I'm gonna go outside, take my shoes off, and if I need to have a call, then I can have a call while I'm barefoot on the grass. Yeah. So it's like, it, you know, it's infusing it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, it's It's saying, okay, well, once a week, I'm gonna do a full day of intermittent of, of fasting, right? A whole day, I'm not going to eat or every single day I'm going to try and eat within a, a shorter, shortened period of time, like our ancestors would have way back when. Right. Um, it's putting on blue block. I mean, like there's a whole, like there's so many different little, you know, it's little things, but I think, I think the, the key is starting to question whether this modern life is, is part of the problem. And once my, my, my brain is, if I understand it, then I'll do something about it. Right. So if I understand how light water magnetism is impacting me, if I understand how, if I understand how modern life is impacting me negative negatively, then I will do something about it. Right. If I don't understand it. Then I'm just going to just chalk it up to, Oh, I'll figure it out when I'm, when I actually get sick. Yeah. Um, or just not do anything at all. Yeah, I think that's where yeah the personalization, understanding yourself, self awareness, is an important thing. And um, you know, you mentioned the diets earlier. Um, yeah, they're all good, but is it best optimal for you? And it may not be. Whether right. it's keto or paleo, or fill in the blank. Yeah, and and to me, it's I don't know. I I I'm just fascinated by the body. That is the geek in me. That is the nerd in me. Right? Because <laughs> Because it's so cool to see when you can change something and it you feel better, right? Or you have more control. So for me, it's I think everybody to some extent is a control freak. Yeah. And so maybe that's the that's the thing of like of realizing that you can control so much of this. Empower your type A, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We just got justified. Yeah, um, lean, lean into the lean into the neuro, neuroticism that <laughs> that is rampant through our uh, our society right now. I know, I know, and uh, you know, personal anecdote, real quick on the technology too. I have found myself with doing the bands, like I'm doing BioStrap. I was did Whoop, uh, just did the levels. Yeah. I'm finding myself a little too like checking. I'm like, all right. I got to manage this and turn this sucker off too. It's like, it's feeding into the very thing we're just saying needs to get managed better. So it's like this tension of like great technology that can help amplify, but now can help amplify too. Big time. I, I was telling somebody before um, that biohacking 
and this personalized medicine, personalized kind of optimization, all these things that we're talking about is fantastic because we've gotten so far away from understanding our own bodies, right? That right. we almost need these, these, these gadgets to relearn. Now, the question is, at what point does that become too much? And, and saying, okay, I've learned what I need to learn. Now I need to actually get the intuition, right? And, and that, to me, is the next evolution. So it's from complete lack of knowledge of where we are, at, at, at kind of how you are with food, with environment, with sleep, all that. Like we've, we've lost that intuition. So use the technology up to a certain point where you've, you've kind of got a handle on it and then say, okay, great. Now I'm going to let my intuition fall into place. So for me, for example, I love the aura ring. It's fantastic. I never wear it, right? <laughs> except when, except when I am doing a proper test for something, right? Right. So when I want to test out a specific supplement or a specific, you know, new change in my regime or something like that, you better believe it. I'm doing it right. But in general, I've hacked my sleep to such an extent that I know that if I don't wear blue blockers, I'm going to have poor sleep. Right. Like I don't need, I don't need the, oh, you've got an 85 and therefore you have a crown on, you know, in order to say, yeah, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. You know? Um, And then I love that. And and we talked about it with, with Dr. Casey on about levels where, you know, it, many of these companies, it's how do we make sure that we are doing good, but we're also not getting people addicted to it. Yep. Because that's another form of addiction and talk about, you know, then we can talk about dopamine and how, I mean, right now with, with the CGM, with the continuous glucose monitor, I am checking it 25 times a day. Right. It's, it's straight up obsession. It's, it's not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, but it's, it, there is a finite purpose for it of saying, okay, I, I want to know what a cold shower is going to do. I want to know what this conversation with this specific person, which, oh, wait, past couple of times I've spoken to this person. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of an uptick. Interesting. <laughs> you know? um, but I think it's, it, to me, it really is biohacking and, and personalized health is not good if we don't end up learning, relearning intuition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we could probably go down a bunch of other routes with that, but, um, so we're kind of coming up on time. Um, what would be for, for the women and, and the men out there who are supporting their, their women, uh, whether it be their sister or spouse or what have you, what would be, you know, some encouraging things to say to those listening right now to, to kind of take that one first step forward? Know your cycle. Understand your cycle. Um, there's a lot of different apps out there. There's Clue is the one I use. Natural Cycles is great. In the Flow is another one or In, in Flow. Um, those are the kind of the top three. But knowing your cycle is going to give you a lot of information. Um, no, I mean, I, I should be able to ask you what day of the cycle are you on and you should be able to answer it, right? Because knowing that is going to tell you how your hormones are, where you're kind of what, what you should be doing from a food standpoint, whether you should be fasting or you shouldn't, what you should be doing from a workout standpoint, and, um, and also just how you're feeling, right? So if you're feeling down, that could very well be because you're at a certain point in your cycle when you don't have progesterone, 
and that that feeling of anxiety and 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 you know rah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you don't know your cycle, you have no clue. You wouldn't be you you won't understand whether that's actually you or that's just your hormones. And I, and I think know, observationally, yeah. it sounds like it could feed into frustration if you're not aware of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and, and also by knowing your cycle, you'll be able to then say, Oh, is my cycle off? Hmm. And if my cycle is off, then maybe the next step in this, you know, going back to that chief explorer idea, exploring your health and saying, all right, well, maybe the next exploration I need to do is to do a hormonal test and see, Oh, wow, actually I have fairly high testosterone or wow, I make a lot of estrogen, but I don't excrete it in the right way, right? There's three different pathways that it can be excreted. Okay. And one of them is really not a good sign going, you know, it could be cancers. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Carcinogenic, rather. Um, but it's, you know, it's, so knowing that, so saying, okay, I know my cycle. I know that there's, that there, it's not normal perhaps, or it is normal. And therefore this is why I feel this way. And if it's not normal, then say, okay, what are my, I want to do a hormonal test. There's loads out there. Um, the one that that is great is Dutch, D-U-T-C-H. Um, and Dr. Carrie Jones is absolutely tremendous. Um, I For any woman out there, I would highly, highly, highly recommend following her on Instagram because she gives a lot of information. Um, awesome. And then I think, I think that in terms of that hormones, then the next level starts becoming, okay, well, if I am, if I do have a hormonal imbalance, then you go down the, what supplements can I take? Or where are my getting my hormones from? Is it from my skincare? Is it from, you know, there's a whole bunch of things in the environment, plastics, um, that really could be impl- Im- impacting that. Um, yeah. You mentioned skincare. I, I, we could probably go on for hours, like that impact on hormones and your health for all people. I mean, the chemicals involved. Um, huge, huge. Uh, uh, the one thing, one thing I'll say on that, because that could be, that's a long, long conversation is um, uh, environmental working group. EWG, yes, EWG. is, is yep. wonderful to, and if they have an app. You can, you can put in all of the different skincare that you think that you have in your house. And then you can see very quickly what is good and what is not so good. Yeah. Yeah. Key, key, thing to note know what you're consuming uh and anything you do yep and that's and consuming is not just digesting or internally it's it's the environment it's your mattress it's your air quality it's your light it's your mm-hmm. relationships it's yeah all of it <laughs> yeah so many influencers it's amazing well uh dash i feel like i could probably talk another 45 minutes <clears throat> on a variety of these things. And I have another question that I know would turn into a 45 minute discussion. So um, I'll hold that maybe for a round two for you. Uh, I appreciate your time. I do want to close it out with three questions for you. Okay. So what are you reading right now? It's called lights out. It's by T S Wiley, Wiley W I L E Y. Um, and I have, a whole host of different notes that I've taken. He does yeah, a beautiful, the sticky notes on <laughs> the that. Sticky notes, yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm a nerd. Um, it's the sticky notes of, and he he combines light, sleep, sugar, and how they're all interacted. How they all interact. It's fascinating. The book was written in 2000. Uh, it's almost like he had a 
you know, a, a silver ball or whatever, crystal ball, um, to know where we were going with all these blue lights around. But wow. it's insane. Yeah, fantastic book. I'm also actually rereading my... So I usually have two books, one um, one for kind of science and health and then one for personal, I guess. Okay. And I've started rereading my old journals. Oh, interesting. Very, I would say, yeah, just kind of interesting to see your own evolution or lack thereof. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and just kind of playing back because I think one of, you know, I, I basically was rereading the ones that I had right around the concussion and what was I grateful for then? What was I struggling with then? What was I, you know, and, and how much of that has, have I even changed or, or I'm still working through, Yeah, you know? And I think that that, I don't know how often we go back and re-reflect on that. Um, and it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. Cool. Self-discovery or re- yeah. rediscovery. Rediscovery. Um, what are you listening to right now? Be it music or podcast. Um, I really like Sam Harris's podcast um, and Shameless Plug, the Wealth Co. podcast. Uh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, uh, we have um, we have a basically all the podcasts that I've seen. Um, I didn't get enough information about women's health. Um, you know, they're talking about fasting, but again, it's not fasting specific for menopause, perimenopause, yeah. you know, childbearing. So all, anytime that I'll have a guest on, um, I'm trying to very, to kind of focus them very much into women's health. Okay. Um, even, even if the answer is we don't know and we're not sure. Um, because even that answer is still a good one because that yeah. means we have to do some research. So, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Awesome. Um, what is your go-to rest and recovery method? Swimming outdoors first thing in the morning. Reason being because that sets off a cascade of everything, and that absolutely guarantees guarantees that I will get good sleep. And so for me, it's it hits on so many different levels. It hits on grounding. It hits on doing something first thing in the morning, and then feeling like the rest of the day is just an extra gimme um because yeah. i've already won the morning yeah. um it's fat burning it's um it's energy i mean it's it's everything so it's just good That's not all. to not that it's a silver bullet but for me it is that rest and recovery i feel just like a million bucks after that awesome well dasha again thank you so much uh appreciate what you're doing in the health space and with wealth and uh look forward to seeing where it goes thank you yeah thanks for uh thanks for inviting me and having me on this is fun Okay, one thing that I'm learning with reclaiming my own health is you can't really know how to fix it without measuring and understanding yourself and the results. And so a tool I've been using lately is BioStrap. It's something that has really helped me to understand myself a little better in the science and the numbers and then being able to share with my mental practitioner uh, some of that baseline information BioStrap uses and has created their device to be in par with medical grade devices. And so it's critically important to measure accurately the metrics that are measured for our health. And so I would really encourage you to take a look at BioStrap. If you're looking at any kind of wearables, this is the one to look at. They have uh, the Evo, which is the new device. 
it also has the armband strap for active uh, or activities and then also it has a shoe pod so it does a great job of measuring a ton of information and especially what is the holy grail right now around heart rate variability as well as other things and some some detailed reports that they can provide so i would encourage you to check out uh, the link in the episode notes here and also you can use rr podcast as a discount code there's a 10 percent discount for those listening and choose based on listening to the rest and recovery podcast so thank you so much be rest to be well Thank you so much for listening to this episode and my conversation with Dasha. I pray you got a ton of information out of it. And I'm sure you know someone who could benefit from this. So please, the whole point of the Rest and Recovery podcast is to help educate, equip, and empower folks to live this one life well. So please share it. Uh, Rate and review would be grateful for that. It'll help get it up in the iTunes roles and be able to share it further and wider than before. So remember, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thank you. Be rested. Be well.